Hey there, Meshach Canyon here. Thanks for joining me as we continue working our way through the Acts of the Apostles. Today we're going to be looking at um, Acts chapter 2, verses 14 through 41. Uh, this is the sermon that Peter delivered on the day of Pentecost. And it's a pretty long sermon. Well, <laughs> I, I guess it's not long in comparison to the sermons that I preach, uh, but it's long to be dealing with in a brief daily devotional. So uh, I just want to highlight a few things for us. And the first thing is, it's in the text, but it's not directly in the text. But I think it's important to pay attention to who is delivering this sermon. Uh, this is Peter, who 50 some odd days ago, we see him in a courtyard, right? And when he's in that courtyard, he's looking to see what happens to Jesus. And he had testified to Jesus that if everyone else betrays you, I'm not going to betray you. But then a little girl approaches him and says, I think I saw you with him. And what does Peter do? The opportunity to bear witness to his faith is presented to him by a little girl. It's, it's almost hand delivered. And instead of saying, yes, I was with him, he denies and he even swears on the name of God and says, I do not know the man. So now here's another opportunity. The crowd is saying, I think they're drunk. I, I don't know what's going on here, but these people are filled with new wine. And once again, Peter's presented with an opportunity to bear witness. But this time, he's not simply doing it in his own strength. He's been filled by the Spirit. And so he opens his mouth and speaks and bears witness to Christ in such a way that 3,000 people enter the kingdom of God. So the first thing I want to point out is what God can do when he gets a hold of you. You know, the ways of God are sometimes patient. But if God gets a hold of your life, you know, prepare yourself because he may use you in ways that, sh that are surprising to you and are surprising to, to others around you. So that's the first thing. God can do incredible things in the life of a person uh, in a short amount of time. The next thing I want to focus on is the scope of Peter's message that day. So he begins by explaining that what they're seeing is not drunkenness, but it's the spirit of God taking a hold of people's lives. So first of all, what is spirit? We don't usually have a lot of training on what spirit is. Well, the definition I like to use is that spirit is unembodied but personal power. Unlike the, the force in Star Wars, the force in Star Wars is unembodied, impersonal power. You know, it's not connected to a person, but this, the Holy Spirit is unembodied, personal power, right? So it has personality behind it. We can't manipulate it or use it to do good or bad like uh, to return back to Star Wars, people in Star Wars use the force to do good or evil. They bend it according to, to their own desires. But since the spirit is personal, what it is, is the liveliness of God. That's what we mean sometimes when we say that person has spirit. Uh, we mean that that person is truly alive. You know, their life is like bursting outside. So Peter explains to them that the promise of the father is that in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit my liveliness upon all flesh. And when I do that, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. What's prophecy? Well, prophecy is speaking the word of God and your young men shall see visions. What is a vision? A vision is seeing the word of God and your old men shall dream dreams. Well, what's a dream? A dream is a perception. So he's saying your old men shall perceive the word of God. And even on my male and female servants, I'll pour out my spirit and they will speak the word of God. So what Peter's saying is 
He's telling the crowd, what you're seeing here, guys, is just another way that God has visited his people through his word. And the crowd would have understand that the word of God is creative power. God spoke and the world popped into being. So Peter's saying, you're bearing witness to another event in human history where God's word is coming to you. And he's going to begin unpacking this in a way that the people will realize um, that this has happened over and over and over again, and we didn't respond the right way. So we better respond the right way this time. Listen, listen to what he does. He, he hearkens back. Well, first of all, he says, it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord uh, shall be saved. So he's about to tell them whose name the name of the Lord is. And so he, he tells a story about David and how um, um, a lot of them put their hope in David, right? And they thought that David was the one uh, that was going to be sent by God to, uh, to be the deliverer, etc. cetera. Uh, but he points out the fact that David is dead and gone, right? They know where David's body is buried uh, in that day. But he's working his way towards Jesus. And he's working his way towards Jesus by saying that even David said, uh, I said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Then he goes on to say, let all the house of Israel know, therefore, for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you have crucified. So what's he doing? He begins by saying the spirit that God sends, the liveliness of God sends is going to help people interact with the words with the word of God in different ways by speaking it by seeing it by perceiving it and by living according to it and in order to have that interaction we must welcome the spirit we must embrace it as a gift from God to our lives then he backtracks and tells them you guys don't have a really good history of receiving the word of God because the word of God just came to you and what did you do with the word of God namely Jesus well you crucified him that was God's word. That's, that's what Jesus is. Jesus is literally the word made flesh, as it says in John chapter 1. God sent him into the world to, to, to heal you, to redeem you. And what did you all do with him? You crucified him. Now it says, when the people heard this, they were cut to heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, what shall we do? And that's when Peter tells them to repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. So what he's helping them see is you, the people of God, you have a long history of rejecting God. You rejected him in the prophets. You rejected him over and over again in history. You rejected him through some of the kings and judges that he sent. Ultimately, you rejected him in Jesus Christ. And now look, God has come again through his spirit and you're looking upon us and accusing us of, of drunkenness. Let me warn you, do not reject God's visitation again. And as the people come to realize what's happening here and realize that they're being visited by God in a different way, this time they're cut to heart because they're seeing people who are just like, like they are, filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking their own language. And so they're cut to heart, but this time them being cut to heart leads to their repentance. And so I, I think... Um, the last thing I want to highlight, you know, as we're being sent out into the world, we are being sent out as those that are filled with the Spirit so that we can speak God's Word, uh, and enact uh, God's Word, engage God's Word in ways that it encounters other people and leads them to repentance. 
God wants to visit the world through us. We are vessels that the Spirit fills so that the Spirit can do the work of God in the world. And so on this day, as Peter opened his mouth, the Holy Spirit took a, uh, took a hold of his tongue and was able to speak things into existence that, that really softened people's heart and led them to want to, um, uh, to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe the Spirit still wants to do that work in and through me and in through you, whoever's watching this video. We just have to be receptive to it and obedient to the Spirit uh, and trust that as we speak, the Spirit will speak through us and use whatever we do to bring the glory to God. All right, so that's, that's the best I can do. This is a very long sermon, so I'd encourage you guys to read it and uh, study it for yourselves. But let me say a prayer for, for us as we go and prepare for tomorrow. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for your word today, which goes forth with um, with so much grace and we receive it uh, acknowledging that you have visited us through your Holy Spirit. I pray, God, for those who, um, as I prayed yesterday, who haven't received the Spirit, uh, that they would receive the Holy Spirit, that they'd open their lives to the possibilities of a Spirit-filled life, and that they would encounter you and be transformed by you. I pray, God, for those who have received the Spirit, that all of us would continually learn to walk in the Spirit and allow the Spirit to lead and guide us into the ways that he would have us go. That way, our lives can bear witness to the truth of who Jesus is, and through us, people can begin to get a better sense of who you are and come to know you as their Heavenly Father and know Jesus Christ as their Savior and their Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey guys, thanks again. I always appreciate, um, you know, I don't take it for granted uh, when people watch me or listen to me say anything. So I hope this was helpful. Tomorrow we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. Uh, this is some of the results of the Spirit taking a hold of the community. So study it yourself, and then I will see you tomorrow morning. All right, peace.